Well, Jalo again. This is Buck Benny speaking. I've got my Christmas background going on because uh, we're presenting a Christmas episode. This might be one of the last few. I'll keep on looking, but we've done at least two or three other Christmas episodes. And so um, I, I I just was scrounging around going, okay, is there another Christmas episode out there? And it's like, oh, cool. I found one. And, and so we're uh, presenting that today. It's going to have Bergen McCarthy on it. I have Kathy Fuller Seeley with me. Um, and you know, it's that Christmas time of year and you're going, what am I going to buy uncle Charlie or what am I going to get my dad or what am I getting? You know, right. Uh, we have so many brilliant gift ideas for you and, and your loved ones. Let's bring out one of the first choices that I think is an excellent choice. If I can find it, I'm looking for it. I got it. We have Kathy Fuller Seeley's book, uh, and the Golden Age of American Radio Comedy with Jack Benny. And this is just a wonderful book. I would highly suggest it. I've got to get up here so you can see it better. But there you go. And, and so oh, look that up. It's on Amazon. We'll have we'll feature the link to it on Amazon on our um, uh, on our show notes. So order that for all your family members. It's if you're gonna order one book of, of Kathy's and you haven't read any of them, I would probably suggest this one because I think it's the most uh, where a book that would please any Jack Benny fan, I can't imagine them not enjoy it. It's it's broken down in different uh, parts. It, it's sort of, it's got chapters. And if you want to read about Rochester, you can focus on the Rochester chapters. If you want to read about uh, the, the ratings of the show or how the show and your workings of the show, you can read about that. There's it, It's beautifully, uh, she does, Kathy does such a great job on it. And then she follows that up with... Uh, her, uh, 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 hang on, hang on. I, uh, I'll try and get this on the screen. I don't know. Can yeah, I get the bottom of it? I know. I can't pull it off. Hey, do you have it lying around, Kathy? You hold it up. But anyway, what? this is Kathy's book, and it is the, and Kathy's running to get it, so that her screen works better than my screen. There we go. Jack Benny's Lost Radio. And she puts it away so fast. Anyway, uh, it's a great book. You should order, that's the paperback version that she's holding up. You and got the heart. wonderful in paperback. Uh, I have it in both paperback and hardback because I'm just that kind of fan. And <laughs> I love the hardback. The paperback is very I've nice. Got, its papers are a certain stock of paper, right? And so I'm feeling yeah. through its papers. But the the uh, hardback, oh, the hardback over here uh, is, is wonderful as well. I love the binding of it. I love that when you open it, it opens kind of flat and everything. It's really nice. And that inside the paper is like a more deluxe paper it's they're slick and they feel really cool on your fingers and everything so for me it's worth the extra and it's only 10 bucks more um i believe too the paperback i think is still 29 on on amazon and this is 39 it's jack benny's number come on now so uh so there's that Okay, that's all I, well, wait, I think I might have one more line around here. Let me just see. Let me, I'm going to turn off, I'm going to change my background here. It's going to take a second, guys. I'm probably going to edit this part out, just so you know. But anyway, <laughs> as I choose, choose my virtual background, uh, hang on, everybody's just waiting patiently. You know this unveiling is going to be just phenomenal. So you know you're waiting for something great. I was out in my, uh, I was out in my, uh, driveway and I just drove in with my car and I noticed something laying on the ground in in the rain and I was like that looks like a package from Amazon and I looked at it and I said 
Well, that looks like the size of the book that I ordered, which is Kathy's new book. And I was like, but it's not supposed to arrive until the 7th. It can't be here yet. But then I pulled it open and opened it and it wasn't damaged yet by the rain. And I now have Kathy's newest book, which is the Jack Benny's Lost Radio Broadcast, Volume 2. I don't even have one of those yet. So I was so excited. I, I got this. This is the hardback version. It's lovely again, same great wow. papers. The um, and I was going to show you at the beginning of every chapter. This t- every every script Here this time go. is a, a little blurb that talks about what the, what's going to be about, and you. it's really cool because it gives you a little preview of what you're going to be reading, and then you can decide. Well, I don't really want to read that one. It doesn't even have Mary in it. Skip to the next one. Then, oh, this one does have Mary. I'll read that one. So you can choose which ones you're going to read or not read and all that kind of stuff. The other thing, simply the best part of this book, I mean, there's lots of good things in here and things, but there's there's one line that I just need to quote, which is just, just phenomenal. It says, uh, let's see here. Um, it, it says, uh, it says, it mentions it says Daryl Lance, and that's 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 me. So and it is, then it says Buck Benny OTR. So in parentheses, just to tell you who I really am, so you guys know. Uh, John. Now, why is John Henderson in the same font? You would think it would be like you know, mine would be like a, mine would be like a twenty-four point font, and John would be like a six-point font is what you would think. But I'm sure in future printings that's going to be fixed. So. Uh, and then it says Terry Phillips and Vincent Longo, who are wonderful. And then it says, are the Saturday morning podcast gang who are always teaching me new things about Jack Benny, comedy, and 20th century history. Oh, my goodness. What a wonderful mention of us in this book. You Just for that one sentence, you want to order the book uh, and order copies for all your family members. Uh, it's the price went up a little bit on volume two. That's it's okay. True. I thought we, I thought I saw it gone up. But we know about inflation, so it hits there. And so it's 43 for the hardback, and I think it's 33, so it's still ten dollars more for the hardback. It's but sign up, I would sign highly up suggest the, the hardback over the paper. If you're thrifty, sign up for Bear Manor Media um uh emails and they'll give you a 25% discount or something. Wow. But you okay. won't get them as quickly. So you, oh, you won't get the book quite as quickly. It might not arrive for Christmas. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. So, but order that today if you want it for Christmas, because because uh, you'll have plenty of time for it to come for Christmas, especially if you're a Prime member, it should come right away. So what an exciting, exciting book to read. Oh, and Kathy was saying this volume has uh, has a couple of the, the um, parodies of films, which we didn't get in the last volume. So that's cool to see the morphing of Jack and things. Um, and I really, I mean, I've read through them. I think the scripts, this, I think the writing is getting better than the first volume. But the other thing, all kidding aside, everything, put it all away. Um, for me, this is insane. This is something I could never expect. I mean, Laura and all the folks that digitized and, and, and created, preserved Jack Benny's show was the greatest, um, single act i think for old 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 time radio ever to to for us to be able to have those but this act of preserving jack benny's scripts and getting them out there where we could never see them is just absolutely beyond astounding um i if one of these scripts one of these scripts came up somehow for auction i would have paid up to a hundred dollars for one script 
Okay. Yeah, if if all of these came up, I would have bought them each for $20, $30, $40 each, you know, without a problem. I don't think I could have paid $100 each for all of these scripts, but that's a lot of money, right? So you're getting the amount you're getting is just insane because you're getting 50 scripts that you cannot get any other way between the two volumes. One of them, the first one, it was it was presented we have the audio from that which is awesome i'm so glad we have the audio for jack's first show but she wanted to present that because it was it was jack's first show so it makes total sense that it's in the in the first volume but everything in the second volume and all the rest of the first volume so the first volume has 26 the second volume has 25 right i think am i right yeah because I, I left one behind yeah, you left one out and she's so embarrassed by leaving one out like, give me a break this is 50 between the two volumes that's 50 new episodes of the Jack Benny show that you can read that you cannot get any other way. Oh my gosh. It's so wonderful. And I just hope, and, and Kathy's promised she's going to present them all to us somehow or another, but I, I really and, think and, they're going to be presented in the same format. I love the fact that it's, I originally I was thinking, Oh, okay. They're all going to be come out in blue and it'll be fine. I like, it's kind of a nice color and the whole thing. But I was so excited to see the second volume comes out in this green color. And her plan is to have it sort of be the rainbow along with like the jello colors and everything. And I'm just, it'll be fun to have this rainbow colored Jack Benny uh, collection. And I just, I think that's great. So anyway, uh, probably enough talking about it, but. Uh, oh, Daryl, you're so yeah. kind. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're so that's, welcome. You are, you are exactly the person I wanted to try and make these available to. You yes. know, one can go into the bowels. It's so hard to get parking at UCLA, go to the bowels of their library, and you have to order the script the boxes up a week in advance. And they otherwise they will not let you take photographs. All you can do is read them or take notes. I had to get special permission from the estate to be able to get, get my cell phone going and take those um, uh, photos. So it truly was um, a, a family effort. Laura was ir, um, um, indispensable in uh, having this uh, uh, come to pass. And indeed, half the royalties go to the estate. So uh, for, wow. for all the, we each made like $30 this year. Woo! <laughs> But man, the, the the service you're doing for us fans is so well. It, it's something I'd always wanted to, see, you know. That's uh, a fan. I always wanted to know what those early shows were like because we've speculated, fans, for years. Yeah. Oh, they must not be very good. Oh, they're this and that. And to see that they're their own thing, it's definitely not the Jack of 1950. You know, it's not that show, but it has its own um, charms. So yes, oh, for sure. And I, I just, and I truly believe for most fans out there, if you've listened to lots of Jack Benny, you can't help but when you read the scripts to hear Jack's voice in your head as you're reading it. It makes it so much more entertaining because you know, and then sometimes I hit a line and I'll think, I'll, I'll in my brain, I'll read it one way because that's how Jack might present. And I'll go, and I'll read another couple lines. I'll go, oh, he would have said that other line differently, I think. And then I go back and I read that line again. And I hear it the other way Jack would have said it. And it's just, yeah, it's it's so entertaining. But anyway, oh, thank great. you. Thank you. That's great. It's kind of the get back of Jenny. It uh, is. Jack it is the get back. I mean, yes, yes, you're bringing something from the past forward. Uh, anyway, you were just talking about family and things. 
we have an uh, uh, addition to our podcast right now, another family member that is that is chiming in. So I'm going to bring him on in for us. And uh, John Henderson yeah. is going to appear with us. So this is uh, exciting. Well, it's somewhat exciting. I'm, you know, with John, I only get so excited. But <laughs> well, there you go. But I, I brought, there you go. Oh, and I, she's doing advertising. I, I need to give her a so. shirt for my podcast, but I don't make shirts for my podcast. But that's okay. <laughs> John, John, are you there? John, oh. you're sideways. Now you're straight. Now you're straight. <laughs> well, John, I didn't know you'd be joining us. Neither did I, but I. Well, hooray! But you felt like you had to, so <laughs> you are. <laughs> well, John, did you get a chance to watch the Jack Benny episode by any chance, or have you I seen it before? I did not get a chance you to did watch did not. It. Well, this is going to be exciting for you to talk about. It. You're not going to be able to give anything away that we're trying not to give away. So we're going to highly suggest you watch the episode, John, at some point in the future, because it is, a it is interesting. It is an interesting it is episode all the way around. Um, now, this has, uh, it has uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. Is that right? Yes. Uh, more McCarthy than Bergen. In it. And it has Mortimer Snurd too. So, well, I always liked uh, Charlie McCarthy better than Edgar Bergen anyway. I don't know why. There you go. And that's why it's great having you. We're gonna we're gonna talk do a lot of talking about Bergen McCarthy dummy versus the man. Um, you know the whole thing, and and uh, you know, and, and well, and 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 you and I are specialists uh, of talking about the dummy which would be kind of you, and then the man, which is more me. And the, it, it, so it's going to be fun. So <laughs> kidding <with> that. <laughs> anyway, got to keep the feud going now. Come on. Uh, anyway, uh, let's, let's go ahead and start talking about the episode then. Um, and then, John, are you planning on staying around for our Get Back special that we're having? We're chat about Get Back a little bit. But I, I made it work just so I could talk about that. Oh, sweet, sweet. Okay. Well, this one, honestly, we, we probably won't stick with this one too long because I'd like to switch over to Get Back and spend more time on Get Back. But anyway. Like eight hours. Yeah. yeah. So let me first uh, preface this one with a couple things I want to say. Uh, first off is almost always I come on here uh, and say to my listeners, because uh, I make this in audio form for the um, podcast, but I also, of course, have video form on YouTube. And I say to them, Oh, you know, hey, if you're driving a truck or whatever it is and you want to listen to, to the show, it's still entertaining to listen to these Jack Benny shows without the picture. But I always en encourage them to watch the YouTube one because I think, one, they get to see us in person and everything. Two, they get a chance to watch the actual show that's designed to be a, a visual medium. In this particular episode, I would say you you might actually enjoy it more just listening to the audio in uh, that it was, I wasn't thinking about that, but I, I was, I was preparing this morning for the show again and I was getting ready and things. And so at one point of the show, I shoved my phone in my back pocket so I couldn't see anymore the visual. I just hearing it. And, uh, and I was hearing the part and it was the part where Mortimer Snurd and and uh, and Charlie McCarthy, all all that part I heard, I didn't see, and I was going, I actually enjoyed that more, hearing it than seeing it. Um, well, that, yeah, that's a very good point, and yet the first half wouldn't work as well. Correct. Um, before we get, you know, I mean, so the opening segment, 
it's really better if you see it. And then yes. the second segment, perhaps, and I'll agree with you, it's kind of more fun to listen to the second half, but you really have to watch the first half. Yes. So. Well, and that, and, and, and Jack does a few of his really long pauses at different points. Um, long pauses to the point of where you're listening, I think you're going to be going, so what's going on there? And, you know, because, and it's the way it is, folks. So if you're listening, some of the episodes going to be better for you. If you're watching, some of the episodes are going to be better that way. So there you go. There you go. do it both it, it ways. Actually, watch it on YouTube yeah. and listen to it. <laughs> and watch it. But it really says something about that period of transition of between radio and television for Jack and for audiences. What are because the picture in 1955 for most people yes. was still on pretty little set, certainly well, not great and, ones. And so uh, they said, and yeah. this would be his final year of being on the radio at all. And then we'll talk about Bergen and and um, you know that yeah. he. I don't believe he actually lasted very long on television. No, even no, that's what I want to talk about. I, I think he did. Yeah. So it's it's a fascinating sort of microcosm of this in between period. Yes. When you don't know whether to look or listen. Yes. So. Yes. And, and, uh, uh, yeah. So let, let's, let's talk about a couple things. One, the, this is the anniversary year of this program. So it's 65 years ago that this was released to the public and they saw it for the first time. It is a, a Christmassy episode. It actually has a Christmas song in it. Um, boy, there's just so much to cover in this, but I'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, the Bergen McCarthy thing that she was just talking about, I, I had not known anything. Had I just listened to Bergen on the radio and, and thought, oh, we're coming to television, television's taking over. I would think, I would go, well, it's crazy that a ventriloquist worked on the radio. You kind of got to see a ventriloquist. So I would have thought he would actually work better in television. But that is not the case with him. And one, he's not the greatest ventriloquist in the world. His his mouth and his lips always seem to be kind of moving. But it's partially because his characters are so um, boisterous and so out there that it, it would be hard to do a ventriloquism act with what he's doing. What he essentially did on radio is he played three or four characters and didn't ventriloquism was no part of it, really. I mean, at least for red, most of the radio audience, I don't even know. In studio, does it? Do either of you guys know? Did he actually sit there with with Mortimer and and do? Oh, yeah. He did. So he did for his audience oh, yeah. in in studio. They oh, actually yeah. saw the puppet and the whole thing. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, but so it would have been an interesting experience to be in the audience for his show, which would be so different from being at home, but. Gosh, it sure worked. And and so anyway, so they so he goes and he starts doing it on television or tries to, and it ne it always looks either creepy or just weird or like he's a bad ventriloquist. I mean, it, it just never really pulls it off. Well, you know, but, I think maybe part of it is the fact that he was on radio and not required. And so he wasn't honing those skills. In fact, I think he let them go a bit. And because uh, I think I heard on a special feature, maybe it was to Fun and Fancy Free or something, where he watched it and he wasn't too happy with, you know, seeing himself and realizing, boy, that's not quite as good as it has been in the past, you know. Oh, well, let's give an ad for that. Fun and Fancy Free that, that John just talked about is a Disney film that was done uh, during slash after world war ii right right in that time frame and yeah. when they were and at that time they weren't doing the full feature length presentations they were doing uh 
movies that were a bunch of uh, independent little cartoons kind of put together as a movie. And they wanted to kind of make it linked more than just a just a series of cartoons. So they had uh, Edgar Bergen come in with Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Snurd and introduce each of the cartoons in a movie oh. called, what is Fun and Fancy Free? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. And so it's probably, I would assume, I haven't checked lately, but I'm assuming it's over on Disney Plus and that you can watch that. And so if you have Disney Plus, as we're going to be talking about Get Back, which is also on Disney Plus, uh, I would go ahead and watch that, especially if you're, if you're watching this, uh, if you actually watch this uh, YouTube that we're going to present uh, on this show, it would be a great follow-up to watch that and see uh, in a slightly different venue how, how they do that with the character. Well, and obviously the most famous part of Funny, Fun and Fancy Free is uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk, which is narrated by Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. And actually, if you want another great recommendation, especially for Christmas time, mm -hmm. on the special features to Alice in Wonderland, they have a TV special, which is like, you know, Disney in Wonderland or something like that. And it has uh, the girl who played Alice and it's Christmas themed. And maybe it's called Christmas in Wonderland. And it has Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. And I think that's actually a better representation and more entertaining wow. of like how Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy can work in a visual format. Now you got me wanting that. Hey, because I, I don't think that's on YouTube. I don't know. I'll search for it and see if it's out there on YouTube. But uh, that's that's awesome. I would love to see that. So, that's fabulous. Look at that. We're giving you all kinds of things that you can do, viewers. Things you can look up, things you can find, <laughs> things you can get for Christmas time. This is this is a great Christmas episode. Uh, anyway, and it, let's. Um, I think. And let, do you guys have more to talk about, Murdermer and and Snurd and Charlie McCarthy, or can we switch to a different topic on in this episode? We're good. Oh. So I want to yeah, talk about yeah, the yeah. I want to talk about the sportsman because I've talked before about how the sportsman of all the sad things about uh, you know you can look at with Jack Benny's TV shows and what they're missing or what they're not missing the the releasing of them to syndication is so sad because you get the sportsman just get gutted they're trying to find a way to 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 fit it in with the time frame of modern shows they have to have more commercial time plus on top of it there are usually advertisements, of course, that they're singing for for a tobacco company. It's really bad, so so they end up cutting that part because it's just too uh, troublesome to to deal with. And so it's an and it's an easy cut to make that doesn't affect the show too too much, right? So we just don't get the sportsmen as much as we should. And the sportsmen were great. This episode really gives a nice highlight to the sportsmen. They get their own Christmas song. You get a, a new Christmas song. They said uh, that they actually released it as a single or whatever uh, by a different band. I can't remember, by Two Sisters or something released it. And the, 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 the Benny writers and things did write the, the song. And so I'm going to search on Spotify and see if it's out there. If it is, uh, and I'll get into my Spotify thing now, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to... Um, uh, be having over this episode and our get back episode a bunch of different playlists I'm going to put out there in the show notes that you guys can click on they'll take you to Spotify and you'll listen to the playlist so we do a Chris my family does a Christmas album every year and I pick like four or five songs my wife picks four or five songs my daughter picks four or five songs my son picks four or five songs we used to put them out on a CD and send them to, to friends and relatives and things but then we realized people don't have CD players much anymore 
and and things. So what we just started doing the last three years is having a, a Spotify playlist we create, wow. and then we just send the link out and around. Well, I'm going to put the Spotify playlist connected up in the show notes here so you can listen to it. Now, just to know we're still working on it, I think I've dumped like, I don't know, 20 different Christmas songs that are my selections that I got to weed down and things. But if I can find this Christmas song from this episode that they're mentioning, if it exists on Spotify, I'll include that too. Because one thing I like to do with my Christmas songs that I do is I like to include... um, kind of rare offbeat Christmas songs. I don't, I don't do too much of the jingle bells and things like that. I do Christmas in New Orleans or, you know, various songs that are kind of a little more offbeat or rare, especially if I can find like a Bing Crosby doing a strange Christmas song that you're not used to hearing. I love that when I can mix a famous person with an offbeat song. So anyway, um, Little Jack Frost, Get Lost, Get Lost is a fun one that I think I, I have on this year's album. And uh, so anyway, so so tune in for that. Um, speaking of Spotify, I think I should say this because I'm really excited about this news. Historically, when people listen to the free account on Spotify, they had to listen on shuffle. So I take forever with my playlist, getting the song list right, picking out this song kind of works with that one and leads into this one. I mean, my whole, uh, as we get into Get Back, I have a Get Back version that I put out there that I think is the best version of Get Back ever released. I think Glenn Johns did a great job. I love Glenn Johns' mixes of of the songs, but his sequencing left a lot to be desired. I mean, certainly the Beatles listened to his sequencing, and his album that he created for them. And they said, oh, let's get Phil Spector in here and redo this thing. So obviously they weren't happy with it. But what he did, which is bizarre, is he took like the three best songs, Paul's, you know, Let It Be, Get Back, uh, Long and Windy Road. I think he put all those three were the last three tracks on the album and everything else leads up to that. And you're like, well, you know, that's not the greatest album if you don't have the greatest songs like mixed in. So in my version, I start with Get Back, I have the get back reprise towards the very end. Uh, I ended the whole thing with long and winding road, which is kind of saying this is that's how their journey's been. This is like their last released album, and then uh, then uh, let it be. I had somewhere in between there, so I mean, it it just it just works and the flow works really really nice. So anyway, so so when we get to get back, I'll have that available. Anyway, what I was saying was. Spotify with a free account used to make it where it'd be all random and it would frustrate me because I, my playlist would be all messed up for people. Well, Adele comes on the scene a couple weeks ago and she releases her album and she says, Spotify, I don't like your random feature. I want you to play the album the way I, I sequenced it and I don't want it to be random. And so Spotify doesn't just fix her album. They change the way that the free system works. So now when you play an album, you get the album, whether it's uh, in the original order. So, so for all of you that don't have free accounts to Spotify, I would show Spotify, hey, we like this idea and, and sign up and you'll be able to hear everything the way it's supposed to be. Now your sound quality is not quite as high as it is if you have the premium membership. Um, and I'll just push that real quick. Premium membership for a family is only like $14.99. So and you get six accounts. So that's what, three bucks an account or something a month? It's pretty cheap. So we have it for my whole family and we love it. But anyway, uh, I figure I might as well pump up Spotify since I use it so much. And I've got, I have on my account, just so you guys know, probably 70 playlists that I've created over time. So, wow. and they're, 
they're all the best playlists you'll ever find anywhere. So there you go. So, so come and listen to that. So anyway, so let's let's uh, continue with our discussion here. And we had uh, we talked. I just mentioned the Sportsman. They do a great song on here. It's fun. The whole the whole first bit is is funny and it's good. It's got it's got Jack complaining about money. It's got Don and Jack fighting. It's uh, just just better than I thought it would be. So I love that. And oh, and we get a, we get a song from uh, Edgar Bergen's wife in this. So and she does a delightful job of singing a song. I really like that. So Kathy, what were your well, thoughts on, on any of this? <laughs> well, well, doing a little um, Wikipedia searching on Francis Bergen. I, it's kind of like um, Edgar made Edgar wanted to keep her light under a bushel, if you will. He, mm. I mean, she uh, had uh, a talent and a great desire to be a singer and performer, but he kept telling her, you're the mother to my children, stay home and take, my, you know, take care of my children. I don't want you traveling. I don't want you doing other things. Um, Isn't that kind so of Red Skelton's was- story too with his wife? I think that, I thought he, he was the same way. So interesting. It, it could well be, but that's so, but I was, I was impressed how much um, Candace Bergen favors her mother. They look alike and, you know, they look similar and sound similar and, and she does quite a good job as much as it's really interesting how um, Jack uh, uh, is so generous to the wives of all the Hollywood celebrities. He'll have the actor's wives on, he'll have, you know, that's, um, which, uh, which I love because it makes show. him look cheap as well because he can't it's, it looks like <laughs> yeah. on his show well yeah. it'd be expensive to get Bing Crosby but Bing Crosby's wife is cheap or, or so you know and so forth and so you get everybody's wives on the show that's great that's I didn't so know the character <laughs> what else about this episode did you kind of Kathy what did you think about the rest of it or well I'd never I'd never seen it before so thank you very much for okay. uh the opportunity and and as I said I was really um uh, as you may cut this out because I yammered about it before about the fascinating ways in which the first half of the program is very much a stand in front of the curtain um uh, a sort of a vaudeville or radio type show the vaudeville aspect of Jack with the long takes while uh, uh, the sportsmen and their guest star, who I thought maybe was Thurl Ravenscroft, who else has that low voice? That, but I didn't know. That was a great voice. It was a low voice. How the humor was so visual in that aspect because it's Jack sort of looking and staring and staring and looking, and he doesn't have to say a thing to uh, get laughs. And then the um, second half of the show, which is meant to be visual surprises and visual humor, uh, uh, just as Daryl, as you say, almost works better this many years later um, to just uh, enjoy the audio aspect and, and just sort of not pay attention to the, some of the video. Yeah, because and, I, and it's so interesting is Kathy and I did not talk about this ahead of time, uh, but we both came to the same exact conclusion that... Um, and we're not going to give away what happens in this episode. There's there's a big spoiler thing with Edgar and the and the dummies and everything, but it it just didn't work the way they wanted it to work. It it was creepier. It almost feels like a Twilight Zone episode. This, ep- this episode, <laughs> and so I think because John, I know John is into the Twilight Zone, and John's. I, I really think this is an episode that that John will enjoy watching at some point in the future because uh, yeah, it's it's a bizarre thing and 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 uh and like i say 
it pulls you out of the episode, some of it, because it because right. you're, and, and, you're not getting the humor anymore. Yet, you're like, oh, yeah. this is just weird. <laughs> and and yet that was the Bergen's life. Um, when you read Candace's, what she says about her childhood, she said it was difficult to have two, all these brothers, yeah. that, that they were all sort of considered to be part of the family. And how do you know, I mean, both the characters are so famous. Yes. But but everybody considered Charlie to be a, a sort of a, 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 a living being um, yeah. that I understand when they would be doing radio shows that oftentimes the guest star would be talking to Charlie yes. as Bergen and he's sitting on Bergen's lap. So right. it is kind of fascinating, even though it was on radio, um, how uh, the idea of this character sort of, it's almost like Pinocchio and real boy, you know, just sort of back and forth and back and forth of sort of understanding the character both ways simultaneously yes well and that, Candace, pissed off that, so. <laughs> well that brings up to me the single funniest part of the entire episode where i just every time i see it i just laugh i'm just like oh my gosh it's so perfect it's so the writing is so perfect on that and i don't know if i want to give it away i'll just tell cat i mean i'll, I'll let Kathy's going to know what I'm talking about. It's it's the conversation between Bergen and and uh, and Jack and how they have the conversation. I mean, it is so no, not over there, Jack. You know, and, and anyway, well, when you uh, well, unfortunately, if you're listening, you're not even. I don't even think they. Maybe you'll pick up on it. Maybe you'll pick up on it. But but yeah, it's 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 a visual gag that that is exactly how you would think people would talk to Bergen and Bergen would want to talk to people but uh just think of a, of, of a guy who's, who's, who's has dummies all the time and working with them what it would be like but anyway we won't give any more of that away but but then to to sort of I mean sum it up that's um am I right in thinking that Bergen never actually did go on television even though this yes. show says hey your new show is going to start January 30th or whatever uh, uh somewhere about um, about six weeks in the distance right. that either that didn't happen or it lasted only a very short time oh he went on he went on a few different times i think he tried a few different sh television like, shows. Yes, yeah. but what yeah. would happen is inver invariably they would fail and he would go back he kept going back to radio in fact he had one of the latest radio shows of the comedians a big time radio show i think he had he had a hour-long radio show still in like 57 so that's pretty late in the game. That's after that's two years after this episode is aired. So, yeah. and it might even gone longer than that. I I think it started. Well, and maybe are you sure they were talking about a television show or were they talking about just? Yeah. A, they said television. Uh, that's what I because I I, I want to say his radio show, his last one, the one that I think it went from fifty five to fifty seven. So I think it started in this year, the hour long show radio because show. Because there were still. You know, that's yeah. what oh, we, yeah, totally for sure. we forget is that people still did listen to the radio. It's well, just, and it was you know, easy. it's kind of like the people listening to broadcast TV. They're still out there. Oh, for the sure. Shrinking, but yeah. they're still out there. And and the network, CBS, had that audience that they needed to, you know. Uh, well, and for uh, these guys, it was easy to get a number one show. I mean, really, I mean, if you're if you go out, if you're a Bergen or a Bob Hope or whoever you are, and you release something in 54, 55, 56, and it's a radio show, you're going to be number one, at least in the top two or three. I mean, it, it's, 
guaranteed. And uh, and some people use that. I mean, certainly Fibrogy and Molly went, uh, they were doing a 15-minute show, I think, within this time frame. And it was a very popular 15-minute show that they did for up, up until, I don't know, maybe 60, um, sometime in there. And then, and then, and then his show, I think, was number one on radio, uh, Bergen's in in fifty five through fifty, whenever he ran it. But the problem is, your listening audience is, you know, it used to be forty million, seventy million people, and now it's two million people. And and of course, television is reaching out to hundreds of millions by this time. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. Anyway, John. What are your thoughts on, on, I know you didn't see this, but yeah, I mean, no, on Bergen well, generally, radio, I mean, we're going all over the place. So go ahead. Uh, what Kathy was mentioning about, uh, you know, Candace Bergen saying, oh, I've got these brothers and talking about the dummies. It made me think, you know, I, I sort of sometimes, it's a bit odd. Charlie McCarthy doesn't have a defined age. Sometimes they treat him like he's a little boy, right? Oh, you're ready for Christmas. You hope Santa Claus comes down the chimney. And then other times... He's like, you know, he's making jokes about, you know, movie stars and things like that and wolf whistling. Well, especially women. He's he's making jokes that are randy exactly. sort of jokes that you're going, yeah. okay, it's not funny if he's eight. It's funny <laughs> if he's 21 or yeah. something supposed to be. So, so yeah. And like, uh, he's, a, he's a rascal and that's why we, we like Charlie McCarthy. But it also doesn't quite fit his look because he's got a monocle and a top hat. So I just always thought that was a little bit odd. You can't quite place Charlie McCarthy. And yet he was the most po always the most popular. Well, and it might have been just the best way to do it. Because it's like, oh, when we need him to be a little kid, we can have him be a little kid. Christmas time is great for him to be a little kid. Yeah. And when he's, when he's talking to Marilyn Monroe or something, hey, we hey, can hey, have man. him do risque stuff. And he's not really a little kid. And the, and the conceit is... You know, the whole time he's really Edgar Bergen, so you can kind of let he's it slide as to everything. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Edgar, it, the way he had those characters down and could do them, it, uh, John's really good at this. I, if you ever listen to our to our show, <laughs> to to our rec recreations. Whenever I do Phil, I always jump into Rochester at the beginning because I can't switch over to Phil after I've been doing Rochester. And so it takes me a minute. And so I, we end up cutting that part out. And you guys might hear a little of Rochester in, in my Phil. Uh, John does like a gazillion characters and he can pop back and forth between them pretty darn well. Uh, to me, that's a, a skill. But the person that's the best at that skill ever is Edgar Bergen because he could do he could have Charlie talking to, to Mortimer, talking to Edgar and keep track of who's who and what they're doing. I, I would totally, I know, be doing Edgar's voice for Charlie and Charlie's for Mortimer, and it'd, it'd be all messed up. Well, it is particularly impressive because he's doing a weekly show where he's got new material. He's reading on the fly every single week. I have seen ventriloquists that are even better than Edgar Bergen at like switching between the voices and, and, you know, not moving their mouths and making it seamless. And it's, I love watching ventriloquists. It's so impressive. But the fact that, you know, Edgar Bergen is doing a new show every week for decades is really impressive. Yes, I agree. He's not, he's not like getting material down. So he knows when to switch voices, but, but he's just like doing it on the fly. Yes. And his writers, I mean, I don't know how much he was involved with the writing or wasn't. I assume he wrote a lot of it, but they were so good. I mean, that, that show holds up. If you, if you, 
if you're going, oh, ventriloquist, there's no way I'm going to watch a ventriloquist show. I mean, John's into it, but a lot of people are just like ventriloquist, <laughs> passe or whatever. But his his radio shows are worth a listen, and they're far. Uh, like I was saying, a lot of them are risque that you wouldn't expect from a ventriloquist act and very adult type humor in them and and enjoyable. And uh, yeah, I, I recommend them highly. They were well, there was a reason why against in in the in the absolute pinnacle, like 40, 38, that time frame of radio, when Jack was at his peak, when everybody was at their peak, he was number one. Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy were number one for a lot of that time, for probably three, four, five years of that time frame, probably more than anybody else. I mean, Jack was number one a decent amount of it too. Uh, and, and Bob Hope was sometimes. It kind of yeah. moved around. Fibber McGee and Molly sometimes were the top. But of all of them, I think in the most critical phase where they're all competing against each other, Edgar Bergen was number one. Uh what I uh, one thing I appreciate about the um, Bergen skits was he'd keep them fairly short. It's not like this was a sitcom where you had to be hearing Charlie every single minute of the show. Mm -hmm. yes. But my understanding, because I haven't heard a lot of them, but I thought it had the variety show aspect. Uh, yes. You know, when he's on yeah. against War of the Worlds, Nelson Eddy has to sing and other people have to sing. And then they have the guest star do various skits. So that's, yes. I think, he doesn't let Charlie or, or Mortimer, who I don't much care for, wear out their welcome by keeping yeah. kind of the, 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 the appearances kind of framed. You, you, don't, you don't like Mortimer. I, I, Mortimer's great. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded more like Nixon meets Mortimer, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm not a crook. I am a doll. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, I, I think uh, we've covered well enough. I think we want to get to get back. Is that good? All right, everybody, oh, yeah. enjoy your Christmas season. Get all Kathy's books that we talked about at the beginning before John came. And uh, oh, and, and to rub it in for John. Uh, well, I can't rub it in for John. Oh, yeah, I can. Uh, uh, her second book arrived I and, and I got it. And it was like, it, it was on my driveway. And I was I, like, I could have run over that. Don't, but anyway. I don't, I don't, I don't, the author doesn't have one yet. So the author is going to go to Amazon and order one to try and get it in two days. So. <laughs> But certainly a, a great, great read and fun book. Um, and and uh, anyway, we'll, with that, we'll let you enjoy this episode. A, a interesting episode, no matter how you look at it. Uh, bizarre that we're saying listen to part of it, watch part of it. I'd do it both <laughs> ways. Honestly, this episode's worth all of that. And it's all that and a bag of chips. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time. From Television City in Hollywood, the Jack Benny program with his special guest, Mrs. Edgar Bergen, presented by Lucky Strike. Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Lucky Strike program. Well, here it is, a week before Christmas, and I haven't even started to do my shopping yet. You know, I guess it's because, I don't know, every year it's such a problem for me. I have so many people that I have to remember. You know, my cast, my staff, there's Don Wilson, and there's Dennis Day, and then there's Rochester. You see, Rochester's been working for me for over 18 years, and it's so hard to know what to get for him. He's got nothing. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
And then there's Don Wilson, of course. Uh, his wife uh, helped me a little bit on that. She told me that he wanted a shirt, and she told me his size, too. It was 1633. <laughs> I mean, where can you find a shirt with a 33 neck and a 16 sleeve? <laughs> Then, of course, they're my orchestra boys. I always exchange gifts every year with them, and uh, they've already uh, given me mine. They sent me, the boys did, they sent me the most beautiful five-carat diamond ring that you've ever seen. I got it already. The ring came, and there was no card in it or anything, but I knew it was for my musicians when the police came and took it back. <laughs> Fortunately, in our next musical arrangement, the clarinet player has a 10-year rest. <laughs> and of course, Remley, you know, Frank Remley, my guitar player, every year I, I always buy him a bottle of bourbon, but uh, his doctor absolutely refuses to allow him to touch liquor this year, you know, so uh, I gave him something else and he was just thrilled. I gave him the name of a new doctor. <laughs> well, to get on with the show, there's something I want to tell you, and I'm quite proud of this. You see, uh, one of my writers, Sam Perrin, and my musical director, Mr. Malin Merrick, got together just a few weeks ago, and they wrote a brand new Christmas song. It's a novelty song called uh, That's How Santa Claus Will Look This Year. The Sportsman Quartet are going to sing it. Oh, and Jack. with the Sportsman... Jack. I... Jack. I'm really sorry to interrupt, but uh, before the sportsmen come out to do the number, I want you to meet Mr. Enrico Scortaccini. Mr. Scortaccini, how do you do, sir? How do you do? It's my pleasure, sir. Uh, I can't tell you how much I have looked forward to performing on your show tonight. Well, that's... Uh, you going to perform on the show? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, certainly, Jack. You see, we want to do this number properly, so I took the privilege of hiring Mr. Scortaccini to work with the sportsmen. Oh, well, good, good. I mean, you know, we want the number to go right. Yeah, we sure yeah. do. Oh, and something else, Jack. Mr. Scorticini has consented to come on the show for only $1,000. <laughs> What'd you say, Don? I said he's consented to come on for only $1,000. Don... How many times have I told you that the words only and thousand don't go together? <laughs> Look at Don. Excuse me, just a minute. Don, as long as the sportsman quartet are going well, to do why do we need... Look, just a minute, what? Jack. Now, I don't know whether you'll appreciate this or not, but it just so happens that Mr. Scorticini is between tours. Mm -hmm. And the reason he consented to come on for only $1,000 is because he likes you so very, very much. Now, couldn't you find somebody who hates me a little? <laughs> I found a lot of people who despise you, but they can't sing. Oh, a bad place, isn't it? <laughs> well, well, now, Jack, look, don't worry about a thing. Everything's going to be all right. Just oh, leave fine. it up to me. Okay. Mr. Scorticini's really going to make this number. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, that's how Santa Claus will look this year, sung by Mr. Enrico Scorticini, supported by the Sportsman Quartet. With a long white beard and a suit of bread and a baby crock, it had on his head. That's how Santa 
Claus will look this year. And to get us all of the things we need, he will ride the planes on his trusty steed. Way out west will be his new frontier. With the yippee eye, ho, ho, ho. He'll laugh so jolly. Ho, ho, ho. So loud and clear. With a long white beard and a suit of red and a baby cropped hat on his head. That's how old St. Nick will get his Christmas kick. Yes, that's how Santa Claus will look this year. Here he comes. With a jolly laugh and a golden pack full of good old luck, he's on his back. That's what Santa Claus will bring this year. Every lucky strike has a taste you like for the perfect gift of lucky strike. Every pop is full of Christmas cheer. With a yippee eye, ho, 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 you laugh so jolly. With a yippee eye, ho, 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 so loud and clear. Lucky Strike is smoother, pressure too, and it's so much cleaner through and through. What a cigarette, it's toasted, don't forget. Smoke Lucky Strike throughout this coming year. Make Lucky Strike your smoke this coming year. Ho, 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 ho. Don, a thousand dollars for a ho-ho-ho? That's ridiculous. Well, I thought he was a real bargain. Oh, you did, eh? Well, yeah. the next time you hire somebody without consulting me, you understand? I'm going to wring your size 33 neck. Now go, will you? Go? Yes. Oh, I can't understand, Jack. Oh, Donald, I try to give a little class to the show. We all... Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that number was written by my two boys. It was recorded by the Dijon sisters, and I hope you will buy the records because my boys are going to have to pay Mr. Scordicini. <laughs> we'll see who gets the last ho, ho, ho. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want you to get the impression that I don't like to play pay for talent because I will if, if the talent merits it. Now, for instance, in, in a short time now, in a few uh, weeks from now, I'm going to do a show where I want to use a ventriloquist as a guest star. And I even got to speak to Edgar Bergen about it. It's because I love the way Mr. Bergen works with his two dummies, you know, Charlie McCarthy and uh, Mortimer Snur, you see. And I had lunch with Mr. Bergen a couple of times. We discussed it. And about three days ago, I had an appointment to meet him at his house. <laughs> Mr. Bergen's residence. Oh, it's you, Mr. Bergen. Yeah. Yeah. If he comes, I will tell him to wait. Yeah. 
Single bell, single bell, singing all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Root, hoot, de hoot. Come in, come in. Uh, how do you do? I'm Jack Benny. I have an appointment with Mr. Bergen. Oh, yeah, I know. Mr. Bergen just called on the telephone. He he'll be home here pretty soon. Uh, uh, won't you come in and wait? No, no, thank you. Thank you very much. It's a nice house. <clears throat> My, what a, what a beautiful portrait of Mrs. Bergen. Yeah, it is. Look at this. <clears throat> to Edgar Bergen from Gustav. Hmm, <laughs> an autographed picture from the King of Sweden. Mr. Bergen must be quite proud of this. Huh? Oh, yeah, by Yemen, he is very proud of it. Uh, Mr. Bergen is Swedish, you know. I know, I know, yeah. I am Swedish, too. <laughs> no. Funny, I... Yeah. Funny, I thought you came from French Morocco. <laughs> uh, Mr. Benny... Would you like to have me tell Mrs. Bergen that you're here? Oh, oh is Mrs. Bergen home? Yeah, oh, I yes, will tell yes. her. Will you tell her I'm here, please? Well, here's this book that George Burns wrote. I love her, that's why. It's a cute title. Remember, he asked me to write the prologue to it, too. Let's see, where is it? Oh, there it is. Prologue by Jack Benny. <laughs> when I wrote that prologue. Someday I must read the book. <laughs> oh, there you are, Mrs. Bergen. Uh, Mr. Benny is in the living room. Thank you. I'll go right in. Jack! Well, Cranston! That's wonderful. Well, it's good to see you. Edgar mentioned you'd drop by, but he must be detained at the studio rehearsing his radio show. Yes, your, your butler told me he called. Oh, well, the house is a mess. I've been wrapping Christmas packages. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I hope you don't mind waiting. No, no. It's so nice and cozy and Christmassy and everything with the tree. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> and, Jack, I want you to know that of all the Christmas cards, yours was the prettiest. Well, I... You got it already? I only mailed it last night. No, no, Jack. I'm talking about the ones you sold us. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> I did have a nice selection this year, I thought. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Well, Jack, I'm awfully sorry Edgar's so late, but if you'd like a drink while you're waiting, I'll ring for Pierre and have him fix you one. No, 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 I don't... Wait a minute. Your butler's name is Pierre? Yes, we picked him up in French Morocco. <laughs> That's the darndest thing I ever heard. Say, Francis, you know... When I was talking to Edgar about being on my show, he told me something about you that I didn't know. Oh, what's that? Well, he told me that you sing. Oh, I don't really sing. Sometimes I entertain at parties, and I've appeared with Edgar a few times. Well, look, at that would be wonderful. I didn't know you sing. Maybe you could sing so and, and come on my television show sometime after Edgar does it. Oh, Jack. No, look, at we've got to wait here anyway. Now, come on, let me hear you do a number. I never dreamed you could sing. Were you sure you want to hear something? Certainly I do. Come on. Well, all right. All right. 
Uh, let me see. Well, this is a new number I did at Daryl Zanuck's big party last week. Wait a minute. I didn't hear you sing at uh, Daryl's party. You weren't there. <laughs> I would have been there, but I didn't know he was giving a party. <laughs> go ahead, sing, will you? Will you, Francis? You sure you want to hear uh, it? Certainly, go ahead. I'd love to. Okay. I didn't even know you could sing. Go ahead. Believe in what you're doing and do. What you believe in and like. We'll have a new dimension. Lots of laughs, a lot less tension. Soon you find you found a new way. For sleeping sounder, your goal is high. But you'll achieve it just as long as you believe. That's why each graduation day, the guest of honor will always say to be successful in the field you choose. Students, all you got to do is believe in what you, what you believe in and life will offer love and laughter ever after. Just believe that's why each graduation day the guest of honor will always say to be successful in the field you choose. Students, all you got to do is believe in what you're doing and do what you believe in and like. We'll offer love and laughter ever after. Just If I'd have known that you, if I'd have known that you sang, I, I certainly... Oh. Hello? Yes, this is Mrs. Bergen. Well, Mr. Bergen isn't home. May I take a message? What? Oh, that's wonderful. Or he'll be very pleased about that. Yes, he'll be down in the morning. Thank you. Bye. Gee, isn't that lucky? Why? What was it? Edgar's five-carat diamond ring. The police got it back. <laughs> oh. Look at, look at, Francis. Getting back to the song. I really, while you were singing, I got an idea for a show. You now did? sit down, and I want to tell you. Oh, now we can do Bergen. this anytime. Oh, Mrs. Bergen. Where are you, Mrs. Bergen? Come out, come out, wherever you are. Oh, there you are, Mrs. Bergen. <laughs> Say, can I go down to the city dumps and slug rats with Skinny Dugan? Only one hour, Charlie. Now, wait a minute. Come back here. Huh? You've got a stain on that tie. Now, go to your room and get another one. One little stain. One stinking little stain. You've got to have a clean tie to slug rats. <laughs> You know, Jack, sometimes Charlie... Jack? 
<laughs> What's the matter, Jack? Francis. Francis, that was... That was Charlie McCarthy. Oh, certainly. I don't know why that boy but always... Francis. <laughs> Francis, he's real. What are you talking about? <laughs> Francis, all, all these years, I, I thought he was a dummy. Oh, now, Jack, you've been in show business all your life. How can you be so naive? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't get over. How is this, Mrs. Bergen? Oh, fine. Here, come on, let me type. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it still has a sting on it. Hey, are you trying to pick my pocket? No, 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 no. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> That I don't understand at all. Oh, I never was any good with men's ties. Maybe Mr. Benny will tie it for you. Yeah, would you please? Yeah, it's a little crooked here. Mm. <laughs> uh, 39, he says. There you are. There you are, Charlie. Uh, thank you, 39. The last time he saw 50 was on a speedometer. <laughs> Get over. I can't get over. Jack, you're not putting on an act, are you? Putting on an act? For years I was so sure that Charlie McCarthy was a dummy that I I was so positive I would have bet fifty cents. <laughs> no. Yes. I was never so baffled in my life. Mrs. Bergen. I can't. Oh, Mrs. Bergen. I finished my work. I'm ready to collect my quarter. Okay, Mortimer. Oh, no. When I hear your quarter, did you do a good job? Yeah, I got all the leaves. It was tough getting up on the tree, but I got them. <laughs> well, now, what are you going to do with your quarter? Well, I thought maybe I'd, uh, uh, say, who's the yokel? Can we talk in front of him? Perfectly all right. Are you sure now? You're sure he ain't an eavesdripper? <laughs> Mortimer, that's Dropper. Well, he, he looks more like a drooper. <laughs> Mortimer, this is Jack Benny. Now go over and say hello. No. Oh. 
told you that hundreds of times. No, but not today. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, what did you say your name was? I'm, I'm Jack. Jack. Benny. Yes, Jack Benny. I'm confused. I... You're a little hard of thinking, too. <laughs> Now, Mortimer, this is Jack Benny, star of stage, screen, radio, and television. Oh, you Jack Benny that on the radio? Yes, yes. On the stage? Yes. Oh, you got your own television show? I have. <laughs> well, well, Jack Benny. <laughs> well, then you, you've heard of me. No. <laughs> Mortimer, what do you mean you never heard of Jack Benny? Now, how did you get so stupid? Well, I was, I was, uh, I, uh, what was that question? <laughs> I said, how did you get so stupid? Well, I had a good deal and I just couldn't turn it down. <laughs> well, so long, Mr., um, Mr., um, oh, the heck with it. <laughs> Never so confused in my whole life. I just can't figure it out. I was never so oh, baffled. I just dear. can't understand. I'm sorry I was late. Say, I've been thinking about the show and I've got it all worked out. But Edgar, 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 Edgar I yeah. want to tell you, I can't, I, I, no, I no. can't understand. Yeah, sit down, I'll tell you about yeah. it, Jack. No, See, at the opening of the show, no, no, not there, Jack. Here, here, here. There. <laughs> I want to thank you and Edgar, both of you, for being on my show. Jack, we enjoyed it very much. Oh, we thought it was lots of fun, Jack. Well, I'm so glad you did. And, Edgar, I also want to uh, wish you a lot of success on your own new television show, which starts January 3rd on CBS. That's I right. I wish you a lot of luck on that show. Thank you, Jack. Ladies and gentlemen, be sure and watch Ann Southern next week. I'll be back in two weeks. 
And now on behalf of my sponsor and my entire staff, I want to wish all of you a very, very Merry Christmas. Tonight's program are Harry Stewart, Stevie Wooten, and Louis Mattieri. Remember one week from tonight on this same station. Be sure and watch Ann Southern in Private Secretary. Jack Benny's next television show will be in two weeks. The Jack Benny program has been brought to you by the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. The Jack Benny program has been selected for viewing by our armed forces overseas. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Don Wilson reminding you people who hire or engage help that experience has proved that handicapped men and women make conscientious, steady, reliable employees. They take a special interest in their jobs. So look over your situation. I'm sure you'll find a spot for a handicapped worker. Thank you. <laughs>